This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Errol Sampson Folk, and I'm here to detail the Raptors' loss against the Los Angeles Clippers, their first game against Kawhi Leonard since he left the team in free agency, and without... Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and save for about 16 seconds of gameplay, OG Ananobi as well. They lost 98-88, to and uh, yeah, let's get into it. So it wasn't actually like 15 seconds into the game, OG played almost two minutes, but that's the most notable thing that happened in the first two minutes was that OG made a great basket cut while Siakam was working on the low block. Um made the pass. OG looked like he was about to go up with it, but Kawhi's massive hands and fingers went after the ball, I assume, but ended up gouging OG in his eye. Drew blood, which is horrible news and kind of terrible to see. Like, there was blood in his eye. Certainly not ideal. Never has been. Never will be. And that that was the start of the game for the Raptors, that they were already shorthanded. OG, it was announced shortly after that he would be out for the remainder of the game. I haven't seen an update since, and uh, we're all waiting patiently and anxiously to find out more about that, but I don't have any news as of yet. The Clippers were generating better looks early on. It was kind of not exactly a repeat of the start of the Lakers game, but the Clippers' defense was pretty good at making the Raptors take 
kind of awkward shots. It was the same thing that happened with Pascal Siakam. Is he's getting real? He's getting a ton of attention these games, and he is bagged, man. There's a lot of minutes between him and Fred, and asking him to drive into the paint and hoist up long jumpers all night is it's a big ask. And I know he's a star now, and that's what stars have to do. But it is. Uh, there's not that many go-to offensive options, and I, I hope I'm not doing a disservice to the rest of the Raptors' um, roster when I say that, but Siakam is pretty much that guy. Van Vliet tried his hand at it a couple times as well tonight, but early on had trouble creating, had trouble breaking down the Clippers' defense, and had some awkward shots go up, some long jumpers, and the Clippers, they were a bit better at creating early on. That was before the Raptors turned up the defense, and the Raptors broke off a 10-0 run. The Raptors, same as against the Lakers, they needed their, when they had 32 fast-break points against the Lakers last night, the Raptors need turnovers to drive some of their offense while they have a lack of go-to options. They really need guys like Boucher and Davis to be able to run the floor, Powell as well, guys like that to be able to run the floor for easy baskets. Siakam, surprisingly, not getting that involved in transition, but still super involved in the back end of the defense and trying to create those turnovers. So the Clippers, they got a couple good shots early on. It was like a 9-2 to open the game. The Raptors, they broke off a 10-0 run. Boucher came in before the first quarter was done, and he punched in eight points. He had two threes, and first of all, just commend this young man for doing all that again. Like, wow. Well done, Chris Boucher, but came in for a couple threes, got to the rim as well, and that was huge. He had 13 on like after the final buzzer went, but eight points in the first quarter as the Raptors clamped down on the Clippers, decided to start doubling Kawhi very aggressively. Kawhi was making the right reads early on. He was pretty patient with it, but as soon as Kawhi left the game, the Raptors started playing a really aggressive zone and were limiting the Clippers in any capacity of scoring, they only allowed 15 points in the whole first quarter, and the Raptors, partially because of Boucher punching in 8 points, were able to get to 23. And the 23-15 result against these Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back is terrific and was a great indicator for how the rest of the game would go for the most part. And by that I mean defensively. It was a really good defensive barometer for how the Raptors were going to play how they were going to try and force Kawhi into tons of turnovers, less shot attempts, and they were largely successful in the first quarter. Just a little bit of a hiccup at the very start, and that that worked for most of the game. The second quarter for the Raptors was more of the same defensively, really aggressive zones, but also switching it up to man defense. Terrence Davis and Norm Powell once again, really great at the point of attack. Fred Van Vliet as well. The same way that you saw them attacking ball handlers, and switching everything across the top against the Lakers, that was exactly the game plan against the Clippers. Really pressure those guys, try and funnel the ball to cold shooters who are who are not lights out. Like Troy Daniels killed the Raptors for spurts as part of the Lakers yesterday. But Landry Shamit making sure that he wasn't the guy the ball got funneled to, making sure that it was guys like Patrick Beverly or Maurice Harkless or Jermichael Green That was really good planning, and that was something the Raptors were able to do. The Raptors sustained their own offense with some wizardry from Van Vliet in the pick and roll. 
Hollis Jefferson did a great job of showing around the rim and Van Vliet who has had his troubles around the rim and had some success and some failures tonight was able to find Hollis Jefferson near or around the rim and Hollis Jefferson not super good at finishing but but had some points in there helped sustain the Raptors offense I think he finished four of 11 from the field those are all shots that came close to the rim you obviously want him to shoot better but the Raptors, they're lacking for size right now. Gasol is a complete mess anytime he's around the opponent's rim. They're, I think he took one shot close to the rim tonight, and it just got swatted easily by Zubac. And I don't know if it's a lack of awareness on Gasol's part, but when he's going up near the rim, it seems like he's getting blocked every time. He has no lift, and it's not like he's getting the shot up quick or being crafty. He's just going up like it's a normal layup, and... He, he can't do that. He's too slow. He's not going to beat the defender to the glass and get a goaltending call or anything like that. He's just going to get swatted, which he did. But Hollis Jefferson showing around the rim the same way that it was important against the Lakers was important tonight. Helps sustain the offense early on. And it's, it's an, a good development for the Raptors going forward that Hollis Jefferson is able to do this. He was really good playing defense on Kawhi the same way he was against LeBron. Basically what I'm trying to say is Hollis Jefferson was good, just a few more missed shots than you would like, and he played great defense. I thought he did a good job, and yeah, once again, specifically for this Raptors offense, to have a guy showing around the rim and making himself available for little bounce passes or shovel passes is important, because a guy like Fred Van Vliet needs the back end of the defense to be wondering about a guy hanging around, because Van Vliet can't just go up and beat the defenders at the rim. He can't just go up and get around the help side defense it's he's not so crafty at the rim he's crafty but he that's a tough thing to work around and it's something guys like DeMar DeRozan and Devin Booker they've introduced the floater game to get around things like that and Fred isn't there yet there there's a much of a floater game for him and that's fine but just to say that Hollis Jefferson what he's doing important work and the Clippers towards the like the latter half of the second quarter sustained by foul shooting and that's not me complaining about the refs the Raptors like I said earlier on really found it necessary to have their defense bleed into their offense and to have transition baskets and fast break points and that was obviously very important for them and that's why they doubled Leonard with so much fervor and that's why they tried to force so many turnovers because they have tenacity on defense they know they can bank on it and they have they just really have to orchestrate something for offensive success you know and they they did a good job of manufacturing it and working really hard and that there's no complaints there but it did result in you know very aggressive defense that did send the Clippers to the line quite a bit I think by the end of the first half it was 16-4 in foul shooting and that's that's not something I want to complain about and I'm not I'm not really bothered by that at all Siakam wasn't going to the rim very much was still pulling up in the mid-range still coming up short the same way he did against the Lakers and that's fine he's he's tired he needs a rest and hopefully he'll be better for the Trailblazers game but these are all these are all things that you know we we kind of expected to see and that and that's fine and there was a bit of uh it was just unfortunate that the very end of the second quarter there's about four plays that Matt Thomas's involvement in did not go so well and he kind of he got schooled on defense two or three times 
he messed up a defensive rebound for Siakam when Thomas absolutely should have been headed up the floor to try and help space and go to the corner for when the Raptors are coming up the floor instead of, you know, tangling up rebounds with Siakam. And then Norman Powell having trying to get to the rim with like four seconds left in the half and taking a bump from Zubac that I actually think was a foul. And that's it's not important. It's one missed foul. But there was a lot of ire directed towards Norm Powell at the end. And then Pat Beverly kind of grifted for a foul right after Powell got fouled. He dropped the ball. It rolled to Beverly. Powell kind of touched Beverly. Beverly sold it, got some free throws at the end of the quarter. And the Raptors, that's that's just how the second half broke down. And that's not super great, but that's that's just the way it came out. It was very important, it seemed, uh, to start the second half that Kawhi wanted to hit a shot. He wanted to make a basket, so he did, and that didn't deter the Raptors at all. The Raptors kept the game plan going. They they tried to play fast. They tried to create turnovers. They had at least seven turnovers from Kawhi on this one, in this one, sorry, and it was pretty much like he was in a penitentiary. He was not able to get loose for anything. The Raptors had him locked up to an unreal degree. Norm kept pushing in transition, got an end one dunk. Siakam got a triple, and Fred, he had a layup, and so it was like, oh, wow, because the Raptors had grabbed the lead, and the Raptors doubling Kawhi, was, they were reaping so much success from that, and the Clippers' secondary guys were doing such a bad job of moving without the ball and making themselves available to him. And mind you, Kawhi, the way he was passing out doubles, especially in the third quarter, left a lot to be desired. And I mean that. It was, he wasn't getting rid of the ball early. He wasn't beating the double as it was coming over. The double was getting there, and Kawhi was putting about three or four dribbles into the ground while doubled. That's not ideal. I know some guys, they you do the escape dribble, you find the pass, but Kawhi wasn't doing that with that much success in the third quarter. It was escape dribble, escape dribble, find a guy who's, you know, 18 feet removed from the three-point line, and the Clippers have to kind of reset their offense with a lot less seconds on the clock. It was it was staggeringly good defense from the Raptors, and the Raptors getting down going to the other end culminated with a Davis triple. They were up 70-69, to 69. And then right after that, you know, they come down a possession or two later, run a pin down from Matt Thomas. He hits a triple, and then Thomas hit a bank shot at the very end of the third quarter to send the Raptors up 78-73 going into the fourth. All things considered, a great return for the Raptors being up five against this Clippers team, second night of a back-to-back. It's heroic stuff, kind of. The start of the fourth was tragic in its way that the Raptors were trying to manufacture offense. The Raptors were doing their best, but you could tell the tank was running on empty. And it's unfortunate because it was a hell of a performance from the Raptors in this one. The tenacity and diligence they showed on defense was it was it was huge. The Raptors they really showed their heart in this one. And the fourth quarter, you could tell it was really starting to wear the Raptors down, and the Clippers finally recognized the Raptors' fatigue and decided, you know what, they can try and run out, but we're going to pressure them on the boards. And so the Clippers, every shot was going into the paint. 
and they were getting after it on on the offensive glass. They were really pressuring the Raptors, making them work so hard to close out defensive possessions. And the Raptors, they were definitely giving up offensive rebounds, more possessions for the Clippers, more opportunities. That's every ball club wants more opportunities to score. And the Clippers, that worked for them. They kept pressing a fatigued, tired Raptors team on their own defensive glass. The Raptors, without Ibaka especially, it's a lot to ask them to keep up with guys like Montrezl Harrell for a full night. And Kawhi, who is, as we know, watching him with the Raptors, shockingly good at grabbing offensive rebounds at timely at like a timely hour. And those big hands of his, he gets his hand on a lot of balls. And that's the Raptors had to contend with that. And the Raptors, they were playing great initial defense, as we've seen them do for the large part of this year. I think they still have the best effective field goal percentage, defensive effective field goal percentage, sorry, in the league, and rightly so. They've been fantastic for such a long period of time um, to start this year, and they still were against the Clippers, but just having (laughs) having the Raptors so tired and so fatigued it was clear on offense that the wheels were falling off, and especially late. And the Clippers, they're just able to manufacture a little bit more buckets down the stretch. The The one highlight that is worth talking about was when Montrez Harrell tried to dunk on Chris Boucher, and it was like a frame-by-frame frame recreation of the LeBron James attempted alley-oop on Bismack Biombo in the Eastern Conference Finals. The clean block that Bismack got called a foul for, and the the still frame of it, of that block, is like the peak of basketball, right? It's like a foot and a half, two feet above the rim. The ball is sandwiched between Biombo and LeBron James, and it like their their bodies are completely symmetrical to one another, and it's just like, who will win? And obviously Biombo won that, except they called a foul, which was silly. But on this one, Boucher... Pretty much frame for, by frame, the way I describe describe the Biombo one with LeBron, that's what Boucher did to Montrez Harrell, and it was it was a hell of a thing to see. And he went down on the other end, and he got a layup. And when the Raptors were looking for any offense at all, having Boucher get that massive stop, and then on the other end get a layup was just like wow, what a shot in the arm. It did end up falling short. That was the last notable offensive contribution the Raptors had. And, you know, it's tough game, tough schedule, and tough to deal with. But the heart the Raptors showed was palpable. And exactly the same as, you know, the Lakers game, except they didn't even have OG Ananobi in this one. And they were relying on Norm Powell, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, and these guys, these bench guys, are showing something else to the Raptors. It has been, it has been a real joy to watch this team compete and defend against top-flight teams while they're missing now OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, and Serge Ibaka. And that's, it was just, it was really something to watch. I, I enjoyed it so much. I feel the Reggie Evans Award should go to Chris Boucher. His ability to change shots on defense, to recover and help side, and to stretch the floor on offense and run the floor in transition has been so important for the Raptors. He is tireless. He works so hard. And it's clear 
even though he is frail, he's throwing his body into everything. He's in, I think Louis Zatzman tweeted it out that there is no passivity to his game. Nothing about it. Everything is action and active all the time. And I, I agree with that. And it's why he's able, in in the games where you know they're playing a pickup style and it's the garbage time, that he was completely wrecking other teams like end of bench units and he was picking up like eight points six boards and three blocks in roughly five minutes You're like how the hell is this guy getting all of these box score um numbers and you know it's just because he refuses to not be involved in every action and in these games that has not been a bad thing at all it, he has not been overzealous he has been great with his timing on the help side defense he hasn't been put in a bunch of pick and roll which is something I still want to see I want to see him as the primary pick and roll defender quite a bit this year because that's what it is and if he plays really well defensively in that oh baby that's the Raptors are going to have a player on their hands and I'm I'm really looking forward to see him prove himself in that because how he's been performing as of late makes me think and I'm sure makes you guys think makes you people think that the Raptors, they, they really have something special here with quite a few different players. Unfortunately, the Mitchell Robinson Award has to go to the beloved and a player I love to death, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I love you, my guy. You're, you're fantastic. I have no ill will towards you for leaving the Raptors, not at all, but you gouged OG's eye, and that's, that, that's inexcusable around these parts, and that's just gouging someone's eye out, making them miss the rest of the game. I don't, like, besides the Mitchell Robinson instance in which he rolled Lowry's ankle, it's hard to think of a more appropriate um, handout for the Mitchell Robinson Award. Like, what do you do? You just, you gouged his eye. And so that is particularly villainous behavior. And yeah, that's how I feel about that. The top quick reaction comment from Edward Bliss. That was frustrating to watch. The Raptors didn't lose to the Clippers. They lost to fatigue. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair thing to say. And it's I think that's echoed in the reaction podcast as well. The fatigue was what got the Raptors at the end. Because being up 78-73 in other games would have been enough. Siakam likely would have been able to take that one home. He did against the Lakers. We all saw that, and Siakam was able to come through, rise above it, ascend, and carry the Raptors home after, you know, the fantastic bench unit had built him up a little lead. The same thing happened in this game, but having played roughly, I don't know, 87, 86 minutes over two games and being the focal point that he is, getting so much defensive attention, having to play so active and so rangy on defense... And especially in a zone defense where you have to locate your a, a guy because the boxing out matchups are not easy at all. You have to locate a guy. You have to be really diligent. And I know some people think you don't move a lot in the zone, but you do move a lot. There's especially the Raptors version, an NBA version of a, a successful zone. You have to be so active. It isn't just standing around. For Marcus All, there's less movement for for a guy like Pascal Siakam, the way he's existing in their zone defensively, that's a lot of work. And the fatigue just, he wasn't able to get that burst 
against guys like Harkless or Jamichael Green or Kawhi Leonard at the end there. Whereas I think if he's he's a bit more rested, has a couple days off, he's gonna he's gonna get the edge. He's gonna finish, and it, it is a shame that the schedule had the Raptors playing the Clippers on a back to back while the Clippers have three days rest. I'm not so sure I understand the motivation there, especially when the Raptors, maybe it was this underestimation of the Raptors because they thought, well, the Raptors, they've lost Kawhi. They're not going to be so much this next year. But as most of us predicted, the Raptors have been pretty damn good. So yeah, them having this, the schedule kind of stinks to have to play the Lakers, who the schedulers knew would have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then to have to play Kawhi and Co. the very next day, it, it stinks a little, and that's that's just too bad. But for what it's worth, the Raptors, we are getting a lot of info and a lot of feedback about how our end-of-bench players work. And seeing guys especially, like obviously Powell has played better, but guys like Hollis Jefferson, guys like Matt Thomas, guys like Terrence Davis, Boucher, seeing them ameliorate, improve, ascend has been has been something special. And that's it, man, it's I feel lucky to watch this Raptors team and to cheer for an organization that sneezes out competence and just the the team is so good. The coaching has been so good and yeah, I've I've really enjoyed watching this team, even though they lost tonight. It was still, it was it was cool to watch this game. They played awesome defense. Watching them swarm Kawhi and take one of the best players in the league. He maybe is the de facto number one player in the league. He just won the Finals MVP for Pete's sake, and uh, watching them swarm him and force him into an incredible amount of turnovers and even more missed shots is just it's a special thing. And the Raptors. That's not an easy thing to do. The Raptors didn't just try hard. They're smart. They're diligent. They work hard at it. And they have talent and length and grit and tenacity. It's not... You don't just play hard and have Kawhi Leonard have a night like this. The Raptors' defense is special. And being able to plug end-of-bench guys in to that, to create this special defense, even when your top-tier guys aren't there, that... That says something about the organization. That says something about the roster building. And that says something about Nick Nurse, quite frankly. And they're all great things to say. As for me, uh, I think I'm done with the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day. Go Raptors. And goodbye. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with Black Friday prices inside and out. Like artificial Christmas trees starting just $39.98 or outside lights and playful inflatables to bring joy to the neighborhood. Order holiday decor online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved. 
with an assortment of holiday decor, plus free online delivery from HomeDepot.com. How doers get more done while supplies last.